With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everyone, before we get into today's podcast, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level, or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive a personal cover. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord and e-learning course full of tips and tricks and on top of that we'll help you get your show pushed out to apple spotify google stitcher and all listening platforms the best part is you can get all of this for 15 dollars a month the same rate as any other hosting site would charge for an initial setup so whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that wants to grow hustle is an open door leveling up your sports experience acceptance into the program is limited so get your application in today, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box to find out more. That's bwhustle.com slash join. Hello welcome to another episode of Purple Insider. Matthew Collar here and joining me, he is the author of many books now, including the San Francisco 49ers Offensive Manual and most recently an in-depth deep dive of the 2017 New England Patriots offense in which it is broken down to a ridiculous, preposterous level. And if you are a huge football fan and you want to understand X's and O's and offenses better, I greatly, greatly suggest that you go find those books. Bobby Peters, what is up, Bobby? Not much, Matthew. How you doing? I am doing really well. That was a hell of an intro, and you just give me like, uh, I'm good, man. How are you? Like, I just, the, I, I hyped the, the founder hell out of, right of the there. Purple Insider. <laughs> um, so look, uh, Bobby, we've got a problem here in Minnesota, and I am doing a series, what I want to call it, with a couple of different people that I'm interviewing here over the next few weeks to talk about what makes a modern NFL offense. And the issue is that Vikings fans are very frustrated by the Vikings offense. And just to go through it a little, they have uh, the 10th best offense in expected points added, which is decent. They are 13th in points which is decent. They are very high in yards per play, sixth, which is good. Um, but, you know, none of this is good enough to overcome defensive problems. When you have injuries, when you have turnover, the things that happen a lot with NFL uh, defenses, and, and you can't always predict that from year to year. But what usually will help you overcome that is having a highly explosive elite offense. And the Vikings have the talent to do it, Bobby. Two of the best wide receivers in the NFL, one of the best running backs, I know the offensive line has its struggles, but they have two solid tackles and a quarterback that they're paying a truckload of cash. So what I want to talk with you about is philosophically from you, the fact that you study all of the, these great offenses through the years, 
I want to talk about what makes a modern and a highly successful offense and how to get the most out of the parts that the Vikings have. So let me ask you broadly when I say to you, uh, how can an offense become modern? I know that it is an extremely broad question and probably a very long answer, but what comes to mind for you first when I say that? So when I think of modern, efficient offenses, let's just throw out the Chiefs because they, they're, they're a complete anomaly. So let's throw them out for this discussion. So when I think of, like, modern, efficient NFL offenses, specifically, especially with the pass game, because that's probably where you, where you want to start with this, is the ability for the offense and the quarterback to throw the ball on time at the top of his drop to the first read, first or second read in his progression. When I, when I study offenses, you know, week to week, game to game, the, the successful ones are able to get the ball out, the first or second read in the progression, limit the thinking for the quarterback, limit the amount of time the offensive line has to pass protect. Um, this can be done through the drop back game, play action game, screen game, but that, the ability to do that week to week in the NFL is what creates efficient offenses. So let's talk about in, in depth a little bit more from the passing game perspective, because the Vikings are highly successful when they use play action. This year, their amount of play action dropped off from last year, but I think that that's in part because they were playing from behind more often and having to play from the drop back. So let's let's separate it into two parts because I think that the Vikings, their play action game is terrific. I mean, they're highly successful in doing it. They're very efficient. Kirk Cousins is always among the best in the NFL, and I can get it for you if you give me two clicks uh, in a second here what his exact statistics are. But uh, the last time I checked very very good when it comes to the play action game and you know I think that they do a good job of connecting the run game and the pass game together he is fourth in quarterback rating in the NFL um, Kirk Cousins this year when using play action to me that says a lot about Gary Kubiak's offense getting it when it comes to play action and how to marry it with the run game and make it work. And I think from this perspective, the Vikings do have a modern offense. Absolutely. And that's kind of the, you know, Gary Kubiak's MO for years. Um, and, and specifically with play action, it's the idea of play action, really everything that I just talked about getting the ball out, you know, quickly helping your offensive line, like that all fits into the play action category nicely because it kind of forces the quarterback, you know, based on the defense's response, you know, Let's, let's look at like a typical a typical three level stretch. Whether it want, you want to you know have a crossing route coming from one side of the field to the other, a three level flood, or even like a naked or bootleg, you're creating levels in a defense getting the quarterback on the run. What you're doing is you're creating a read where the quarterback essentially has you know a two on one on a flat defender. Okay, the play action is going to hold the inside hook defenders if you do it right, um, and you're basically creating a two on one. So it's, you got a first read, a second read, and the second read is usually like you know, a tight end or a running back in the flat as a check down, and then you know, the play's over, the quarterback scrambles, or, you know, he takes off from there. And typically, the ben- a benefit of the play action is you've got the defensive line playing the run first before, you know, they're, they're, they're on their way to the quarterback. So you're artificially creating that, that, you know, that all that stuff that we talked about with the first question with play action, and that's one of the benefits of it. And like you said, Gary Kubiak does it real well. He designs it, and he marries it really well with what he does week to week in the run game as well. Now, I think where some of the holdup is with this is maybe not using it enough um, and also handing the ball off too often. <laughs> and, and and this is where um, – and I want to get into the drop-back game because I think that's problematic for the Vikings as well. And you see it with the drop-off from play action where Kirk Cousins – actually, let's talk about that first before we get into the run game because Kirk Cousins has 120 quarterback rating when he's using play action and a 95 quarterback rating 
when he's not. Now, I know that some of that is built on circumstance. You're not running play action on third and 10. It's much harder for quarterbacks on third and 10, especially somebody that has a struggling interior offensive line. And and all those things play into it. But I also feel like the Vikings drop back passing game has just been problematic for years. And I wonder if that is a product of somewhat and maybe it doesn't play to the strengths of Kirk Cousins or at times I've looked at the film Bobby and felt like where are they giving Kirk Cousins easy yards like the Vikings have a very high yards per completion they have a very high average depth of target they're throwing it down the field effectively but the easy yards where he's throwing it two yards and someone's running for 20 they just don't seem to be coming this year as much as they did last year with Kevin Stefanski. Yeah, that's the, the dropback game. It's definitely harder to create those easy reads, easy throws. Um, and that's where you get that separation from, um, you know, the, the good, the good, the good efficient offenses year to year, the ones that lead the league. You know, like I said, throw off the Chiefs, they're an anomaly. They don't count. They have a robot playing quarterback, so they don't count. But, you know, you look at, you know, like the 49ers last year, like they were pretty efficient in the pass game. Right. But, and, you know, I kind of pers- personally, I put Jimmy Garoppolo in that same bucket as Kirk Cousins. They're very good quarterbacks. They're very, very good NFL quarterbacks, but they're not the kind of guy where, you know, if things aren't perfect. They're not going to bail out their offensive coordinator and head coach constantly like a Lamar Jackson type or guys like that, you know, that are more mobile, you know, can make that explosive play. So you have to be more precise and more creative with how you create these opportunities in the dropback game. And Kyle Shanahan is one of those coaches that does. And what, how he does it is through, Different, different types of option routes, different pre-releases for guys out of stacks and bunches. Um, even this year, you know, watching watching their pass game, you know, when they get into third and mediums, third and longs, every single time they're they're running some sort of, whether it's a two-by-two two or three-by-one, they're in a bunch formation. I don't have the exact stats for you, but they, it feels like that every time I'm cutting up a game, it's like, okay, I see, I see third and eight on the score, but I'm like, oh, here we go. We're going to get a three-by-one or two-by-two, two, double snug, you know, 10 personnel, you know, 10 personnel type look with no attached tight end. And what they do out of that is they like to create you know, they get to their past concepts that way and basically creating free releases, showing their quarterback the cover, you know, whether they're using motion or, or um, you know, like a short motion or a motion across the formation to help show their quarterback the coverage, different things like that. And there's a lot of specific things week to week they do differently to create those types of opportunities. And then this year, because I'm currently working on a, a book breaking down the Green Bay Packers offense, um, they, they are obviously blessed with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, so they kind of half count, half don't count. But the way they're playing – is they're not relying on Rodgers to do these crazy things week to week. It's not it's not even close. He's operating much more like a Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins type quarterback in the sense that he's getting the ball out on time, he's getting the ball out to his first read, and they're you know Matt Lafleur is doing an awesome job in the dropback game specifically too, obviously play action, but they're more dropback focused than play action as opposed to guys like Kubiak and Shanahan and even McVay. So what they do in the dropback game to create easy reads for a Hall of Fame quarterback has been pretty fun to study. And one of the ways they do it is they run. Um, uh, a looky option out. The Saints call it Lucy. So what it is is a so imagine like a two by two spread set. The the inside receiver will typically be will almost always be Devontae Adams if he's running the looky route. So he's going to try to slow release off the line and he's going to run a slant. Um, and if he if there's a, a defender's inside of him or they've got a guy walling him, then he'll run uh, like a four yard out. If they're like bracketing some sort, he'll sit down. So it's like a true option route at like four yards in out or sit. And then the guy all the way to the outside of him will clear out on fade. So what that does is it, you got a guy like Devontae Adams. If he's one-on-one, he's winning that because he's a stub receiver. And the Vikings got two guys that can run that route easily, um, you know, with Jefferson and Thielen. So, you know, that kind of a play, putting your best receiver on an option route, 
as the first read of the play, hey, and, and this is where the coaching comes in. It's like, hey, get the ball to the number one read here. Get the ball. We're throwing the looky unless he's double teamed. Like that's, that's what's happening. We're winning this matchup. And the Packers are a great example. I don't, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I'll definitely be in my book. You know, the amount of times when they run this concept that the ball goes to Adams unless he's double teamed. And, you know, obviously, you know, as a coordinator, uh, as a play caller and play designer, you want to design something on the other side of the field to attack if he does get double teamed, right? Like you got like a, like a return route coming back into the quarterback's vision. You got to stick, like the Packers love to pair it with their stick nod concept. So like if an extra linebacker comes over, well, now you got, you know, a double move going up the scene, you know, with another, with a tight end or another receiver on the other side of the field. So that's just one example of a way to do it, to get the ball, to, to give your number one receiver controlled freedom to get open and win a one-on-one matchup. Um, you know, get the ball on time. Quarterback's footwork on that is basically like a catch and throw from shotgun. So, you know, even if the defense brings pressure, the ball's in and out, you know, it's, it's that's just an example of, you know, doing the things that we talked about, you know, at, uh, with the first question. So this is a great point about Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. And by the way, quarterback with the number one rating when not using play action is Aaron Rodgers, which, you know, like you said, he's a freak talent. He's an all-time great talent. But clearly there's a difference between what was going on the last couple of years with him and what he's done this year. And Devontae Adams has been there the whole time. Um, so, you know, I, and I don't think that he has this preposterous group of weapons, which to me says coaching is maximizing quarterback. And this is what I think that Vikings fans would like to see with Kirk Cousins, where, you know, his, his quarterback rating is good at the end of the year, and he's got a good amount of touchdowns, and maybe too many interceptions this year, a couple of Hail Marys mixed in there, a couple of bad ones, as always with Cousins, that's going to happen. He's not Aaron Rodgers, but when you look at the yardage totals, the pass attempts totals, and when you're having a quarterback throw, even when they've been playing in a lot of close games and playing from behind the 27th most passes as a team, that makes you go, well, well, what's, what's the disconnect here? And, you know, I was just looking at Justin Jefferson and his third down statistics, and he averages 17 yards per reception on third down, which you might say is great. But I, you also might say it, it, doesn't that mean you should really be throwing to him more often on third and four, third and three, third and two? Like he shouldn't only be catching 17, 20, 25 yard passes on third downs when you need to move the sticks. And this has been, I think, the biggest frustration of Vikings fans this year is you get to third and five. Here's Kirk in the shotgun. He takes the snap. There's a lot of deep routes down the field. And then he's looking around and someone beats a guard for a sack. And it's really it's really made them an inefficient offense at times. They are 18th in scoring percentage, uh, you know, which, you know, when you're creating six over six yards of play, you should not be 18th in scoring percentage, but there's the disconnect there of a lot of failed drives. And I think those third and mediums, Bobby, are the ones that you most often see and where they most often did not succeed. Yeah, definitely a common theme, you know, going back even to, you know, 2016, 2017, when I started studying offenses, like, you know, from year over year, you know, one of my biggest takeaways that, you know, I take as a high school coach is, you know, on third and mediums and even third, you know, like third and eight to 10, the ability for like a quick game concept, like double slants, or even that looky concept that we just talked about to be efficient on like a third and medium, third long, you know, a lot, a lot of coaches get, okay, now it's third down. Now I got to max protect. I got to, you know, push the ball. I got to run dagger. I got to do these different things to get the ball down the field. When in reality, the quick game stuff is very efficient on those down and distances. Um, one specific example I remember was the 2017 Rams, McVay's first year there. When they called, ooh, I think it was, I think it might have been their two man stick concept with like a backside spacing concept, which is another quick game concept. So the quarterback is not taking a drop from gun, he's just catching and throwing. 
And they were, I think I want to say they were like six of six or eight of eight when they called that on third mediums um, in, in their 2017 season. And that's, you know, obviously perfect. So it's like, you know, as a coach, like, you know, I, I went in with like my prior misconception, like why would I run two man stick on like third and six? Like, you know, if you get tackled at three, four yards, you know, now I look like an idiot for running around short of the sticks, but you know, if you, if you pair it right, you put, you tag it with the backside spacing concept. It's, it turns out to be a pretty efficient play. You know, if you get the ball in and out, you, you know, what, what you're doing is you're, you're minimizing, you know, the pass, the effect of a pass rush. You're taking away some thinking from your quarterback. He doesn't have to hold on to the ball and think. And, you know, for the most part, even the great NFL quarterbacks, you know, the longer they hold the ball, the more likely they are to make a mistake, the more likely, you know, it's just, it's, it doesn't usually add up well for, for the offense. And, you know, all, all that mixed together, you know, there's, there's way, there's ways to run that kind of stuff on third, third and mediums, even third and longs to still be efficient. want to remind you to go to SodaStick.com to get your original Minnesota sports inspired goods. There are many great designs. Someone on Twitter recently sent their John Randall shirt and there's the can't stop the Thielen hats, the tech mobile throwback shirt, and much more. All of their apparel is screen printed here in Minnesota on super soft, super comfy shirts and hoodies you will love it we're going to hook you up with free shipping on your next order use the code purple insider for free shipping that's s-o-t-a-s-t-i-c-k.com soda stick original minnesota sports inspired goods code purple insider for free shipping i love that you're saying things and then i'm clicking to back them up statistically click and I have Kirk Cousins when it comes to how quickly he throws the ball. 31st out of 42 quarterbacks this year in terms of snap to release, which, hey, if he was Deshaun Watson or Josh Allen running around, that's fine, but he's not. He's supposed to be the quarterback who's getting the ball out quickly, and I don't think all of that is because of bootlegs and play actions. And I do think, you know, some of it is on Kirk. Like, some of this is it's who he is and it won't ever change that he can be hesitant. He doesn't force the ball into tight windows a whole heck of a lot. Um, And when he does, he usually doesn't have quite the juice on his passes to make that work. Um, But at the same time, holding onto the ball, I think is a product of some of the things that are going on around him. Because even in, in 2018, there were games where when they had a quick passing offense where he was getting it out quickly. I remember specifically against Philadelphia, I thought, wow, this offense really works for Kirk. And, Maybe old takes exposed a little bit there um, for me on that. But I think there needs to be a mix. And also, I love that you mentioned that you actually can throw it short of the sticks if you're going to run for a first down. So maybe we shouldn't always quote John Madden of, I don't know why they throw it short of the sticks on third down. Like, well, yeah, because the defense knows you're going to throw it past the sticks. So you're going to have to find something there. But let me move on to the running game, Bobby. Um, I think this running game is fantastic. I think it's almost too good. And the reason it's too good is because they believe in it too much. It's like it works. They have guys who can block it. It is more complicated than just outside zone. Uh, They added a lot to it. There were a couple of games where they were using power concepts. And it was like, oh, okay, you got pulling guards in in this game, pulling Brian O'Neill sometimes at the right tackle position. Um, But if we're taking the run pass ratio away and the obsession with it, I think it's about as good of a run design as you're ever going to find. Yeah, I think in general, um, at least the last couple of years, I don't know if it's, you know, Kyle Shanahan getting more attention, you know, in his offense, getting more attention in coaching circles. But um, the running games across the league for the most part have been, um, you know, year over year, especially this year, a lot of the teams I'm studying with the run games, they're just so cohesive. They they take advantage and they complement each other real well. 
Um, you know, like I, I think one, one example I like to talk, to talk about is the Packers and obviously Vikings fans are very familiar with Green Bay Packers. Um, you know, they, they, they have almost gone the opposite way. They've like simplified. So they run, they still run outside zone. They run it almost exclusively out of 11 and 12 personnel. They won't run any of like the lead stuff, the eye stuff that, you know, like the Kubiaks and Shanahan's like, it's almost just, you know, it's, it's like the more McVay style where he's kind of, he's kind of mixed it up more this year, but in the past, you know, he just run it with, you know, one tight end or two tight ends, you know, go weak, go strong type of thing. And um, yeah, obviously within that, he, there's, there's some variations and stuff, but so he'll run that. They run inside zone and duo, and that's about it. Lately, he's been running more gap stuff, like he like the power, like you were saying against Carolina. When they played Carolina, he ran a bunch of gap stuff because they they, they base out of like an odd tight front. So um, he did get in and run some twenty one personnel power. But so like so th- that example is it's a very cohesive run game, but it's simplified and it complements it comp- all the con- concepts complement each other real well. And the Packers have gotten real good at it. They they their offensive line has gotten real good at those concepts. They're not trying to do too much. They're not trying week to week. It's 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 a similar it's a similar style of game plan. They don't have to reinvent the wheel each week. And I see that same similarity with the Vikings whenever I turn them on too. Is you know Gary Kubiak does a great job of marrying all that stuff together, and then obviously he does a good job bringing it together with the play action concepts as well. But in general, it's it's been cool year over year to kind of see NFL teams in general get get better with the the run concepts um, run concepts together. And like I said, I don't know if that's you know, more Shanahan coaches or Kubiak coach disciples types, you know, kind of branching out and taking over different teams. But even even some of the other teams, too, that, that don't necessarily have those guys that are, are kind of getting better at it. And I think one example, too, is Matt Nagy and the Bears. You know, the last four weeks, their run game has been a lot better because they focused more on it and they've kind of they've bought in more with it. Right, rather than just running um, inside zone out of a shotgun and having David Montgomery get tackled immediately, they're actually um, having him do some cutbacks and things that he's good at on those uh, outside zone runs. But now this is so. This is the thing: is they have an offensive line that is built to block for the run. They utilize those players' skills. This is where it's kind of funny. It's like you don't really do this for the passing game, but you do it so well for the running game. Garrett Bradbury's terrific when it comes to you know reach block and things like that. He's super quick. He can he can close off or wall off nose tackles if he needs to. But then when it comes to the passing game, they're just like, hey, Garrett, just uh, you know handle that bull rush from that guy who's got 40 pounds on you. And he gets shoved back into the quarterback. I just feel like it's amazing to me that they have an offensive line that's built for one side of the ball. They seem to you know, work to those players' skills, but don't always work on the other side to their skills as a passing game. And sometimes you can't, but I think that that's part of the frustration. And I wanted to ask you what you think the role of the running game should be in the year 2020, because sometimes it gets painted as a team should never run. Well, you know, of course, of course, I don't agree with that. Um, But at the same time, if you look at expected points added through passing games, the last 10 Super Bowl cha- or Super Bowl teams, teams that went to the Super Bowl, all have top five expected points added in pass. Even the 49ers, where Jimmy Garoppolo got criticized to, to some extent last year for sort of being like the robot quarterback who just you know does what he's told. Still, San Francisco had an elite passing game in terms of their efficiency. So I wonder where you think that running fits into the equation or should fit into the equation if you're having a you know, very much modern offense. I think, I think when you're big picture in the off season, when you're kind of building an offense, you need to understand that fact that, that passing is what wins in the NFL. And it's what wins, you know, it's what scores points. You know, they say throw, they say throw to score, run to win. And there's, 
there's a lot of, to me, there's a lot of truth in that statement because you need both to be good. You need both to win. Um, unless, you know, obviously you're, you're Kansas City and you have Patrick Mahomes and nothing else matters, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's important. It's important to be good at both. Like, you know, I, I, obviously I go back to the Packers cause I'm studying them right now. So I'm, you know, real in deep in, in depth with them, but you know, they've, they've turned Aaron Rodgers into like a Jimmy Garoppolo type quarterback. Now, obviously like, you know, he still does his thing, but like what they're asking him to do on a down and down basis is, is similar to that, that Shanahan, the floor McVay mold of like, this is how, this is our offense. We're going to run it. We're going to simplify things and make your job easier. And he loves it. He's playing the best ball of his career. I think he's got what 44, 40 something, 40 some odd touchdowns through week 16 and, you know, still got one more regular season game to play. Um, so I think designing an offense with with that in mind, that passing, that passing still gets it done, uh, or passing is 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 the way is the way to to kind of to win in the NFL, right? Like it's it's what the analytics say, it's what everything says, but but you still need that running game because the Packers' offense is built around the run game and their ability to to do that successfully. And something I've been kind of studying with with their offense is, okay, when they get one high looks versus two high looks, like what is their yards per carry? And their yards per carry goes up pretty significantly when, when they see two high looks. And, of course, when you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, you're going to see a lot more two high coverage looks because you want to take away the stuff downfield. You want to take away the play action stuff. And, you know, when you see those looks, right, you, 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 sh- you should be, in theory, able to run the ball better. And they are because they're well coached. They're able to stick on their double teams longer. They're not working as quickly to a linebacker. Um, and that, and that's been the case for them. And that's made them a very efficient offense. They're able to move the ball up and down the field with that. Uh, by the way, the Packers are number three in the NFL in terms of passing uh, expected points added. Kansas City, number one, and Stephon Diggs's Buffalo Bills that committed to just throwing passes on every single play. They're number two. Tampa Bay with Tom Brady, number four. Tennessee, number five. I mean, these are Super Bowl contenders who are in the top five, again, in expected points added. And I think there's another point here, Bobby, that um, you're uh, an X's and O's expert and maybe not a general manager guy. But I also think that if you're building your team, you don't necessarily want to pour your assets into things that are focused on the run game. Because as you mentioned, if your passing game is explosive, your running game will kind of come along behind it anyway. And I don't even mean that the Vikings shouldn't have paid Delvin Cook. I think that there's a debate there. But even part of it, and this is what I'd I'd love to ask you about, is – Throwing to the running back is a very 2020 thing. There's a lot of teams that do it efficiently and really effectively. The Vikings seem to only want to ever use Delvin Cook on checkdowns and screens. And I wonder if you, when especially when you were looking at the uh, New England Patriots offense, I felt like they did a tremendous job of utilizing their running backs out of the backfield. And I think that it would help preserve Delvin Cook and it might create more explosive plays if instead of using him in the running game as often as they did, they designed him more to be a part of the passing game. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that comes back to, you know, your overall offensive philosophy, right? Like if you want to get your running back involved, there's ways to do it. And the, um, you know, the example of the Patriots offense over the years with Tom Brady is a perfect example. Number one, Tom's willingness to get the ball to the backs and his ability to trust them. But number two, you know, Belichick and McDaniels, making the running backs part of the primary part of the progression, um, you know, whether it's through option routes or, you know, we already talked about an option route. So let's talk about a different concept that they run. So they'll run. So imagine like a tight end trips to the field, right? You have a tight end and two receivers and then to the boundary, they'll snug up the receiver a bit and put the back weak in shotgun. And they'll run kind of like a two man snag concept over that side of the field. 
So now what you're doing is you're forcing a linebacker in the box because the defense, if they're going to rotate safeties, they're probably going to rotate strong when you have a three-man surface to the field. So now you're taking a box linebacker and putting him in a in a uh, an in-and-out bind with the snag route and the swing from the running back. So now you're basically, you know, depending how that, that snag route is run, you're, get, you're basically getting a, a two-on-one spacing with the corner. And Tom Brady over the years did an awesome job reading it, and the running back has some reading too because if the linebacker tries to go over the top of the snag, the back's going to get the ball hot and flat. If he tries to undercut it and trail it, the back's going to kind of rail up the sidelines a bit. And that was that's a concept that the Patriots were very successful with and, you know, were very successful with over the years, you know, not just 2017. Um, and it's it's an easy way to get the ball in the flat. Now imagine, right, that corner's playing, you know, say it's cover three, that corner's playing 12 yards off, that flat defender tries to go over the top. You get the ball to Dalvin Cook in the flat, you know, he's got a ton of space with the linebacker trying to chase him from the inside and, you know, with a corner just 12 yards off, you know, that's it. I, I like my odds if I'm a Vikings fan, uh, you know, with Dalvin Cook with the ball in the flat with some space around him. So there's there's easy ways to get the ball to your running back in space, like you said. And that's something that you have to philosophically, you know, believe in and something philosophically you have to, you know, implement in the offseason so that you can design concepts like that to get the ball um, to your running back in space. And once again, that's the first, you know, once again, talking about our efficient our efficient offense idea, right? Like that's that's a ball, that's a two-man read. It's a one-two read. Quarterback catches the ball from shotgun. He's getting the ball in and out. So you're not asking the offensive line to pass throw for too long. So if you get bull rushed and knocked over, so what? You know, the ball's out. You know, you're not. You know, you're not you're not trying to pass protect for four seconds. So so that concept fits into what we were talking about, but it also focuses on getting the ball to your playmakers in space. So you know whether you want Jefferson or Thielen being that X receiver in that snug set. You know now you got two of your best football players as your one two read. And the beauty about that concept is it works against most looks, and you can practice it and get good at it, and it doesn't matter what the defense does. Explain the snag route real quick uh, for a snag route. Sorry, so a snag yeah. route is basically like a four yard hitch route. So he's gonna okay. he's gonna run four yards and stop, and he's kind of angling in to try to not pick the linebacker, but um, kind of. So if he leaves, he's gonna replace him, and if if it is man coverage, he is gonna try to essentially pick him and force him. You know, depending how you want to coach it, depending how you want what your goal of the play is, right? So we go back to philosophy here. If you want him to go over the top, you're gonna have that that receiver aim for the linebacker's feet. If you want him to trail and, and kind of get that back up, the, you know, get that back up the sideline for a big play on a rail route, you're going to tell him to attack that linebacker's back and force him to trail the running back, you know, kind of chase him from behind. And a rail route is kind of like a, uh, kind of like a wheel. Um, it's a wheel. It just... Yes. It's a wheel. It's a quicker version of a wheel where he's not really like faking and looking to the flat. He's just kind of going straight up the sideline. Right. So I was looking by the way, and, and you're talking about getting cook the ball underneath. Um, he has not been targeted a single time, over 10 yards, and not that I think that the guy is a wide receiver. I mean, I don't think he's like Christian McCaffrey exactly. But when you're talking about those rail routes or wheel routes, I mean, we just never see this. We we never see Delvin Cook go down the field. We never see him line up in the slot. I will check right now to see if he is lined up in the slot at any point this year, but I, I don't think that he has. And so for me, that says, you know, you've got one of the most dynamic guys with the ball in the entire NFL. And I'm not saying they're not using him enough. They most certainly are, but they're using him in the same ways all the time. If you play the Minnesota Vikings, you know exactly what Delvin cook is going to do. And you're never surprised. And I think that that's part of it is that when you watch and you of course study very, very closely, every detail of these offenses, if people could not tell, (laughs) Um, but you know what? Uh, just as a sort of general observer, 
uh, I think the best offenses catch you by surprise sometimes. And all of a sudden, something's happening that you didn't expect. And every once in a while, this has happened. Justin Jefferson lined up in the backfield. And then he ran a little flat. And, uh, you know, Adam Thielen was wide open for a touchdown against the Bears. And they were completely baffled by what was going on. But then, you know, we just won't see that again, or we won't see stuff like that on a consistent drive-to-drive basis. There will be a lot of drives where it's like, oh, three staples of the offense, and the other team kind of knew it was coming, and it's a three and out, and here's a punt. And I think that that's, that's one of the things that I don't ever feel like the Vikings are a million miles away from this. I feel like it's in the details that they're, that they're not quite to a San Francisco or Los Angeles Rams level. Yeah, when it comes, especially so specifically with rail routes, not every running back can run those. That's that's kind of a hey, can this guy do it? Can this guy can't? And honestly, I haven't I haven't seen enough Vikings or I haven't seen enough Dalvin Cook to you know make that assessment. And I'm sure I'm sure the coaches could could answer that for you. That might be a good question to ask them. Is hey, this, is this a route a route that fits his skill set well? Where would you where would you place his ability to run this route? Um, you know, amongst amongst all the other running backs in the league. And you know, so that's just one example. But you look at a lot of times what the, the Shanahan guys will do is they'll use the line to back up wide. And they, they do that. Kyle does that a lot. Um, Matt LaFleur does that with Aaron Jones a ton. And some of his big plays have come from that. You know, whether he's running a goal route or a double move. Um, I remember week two against the Lions, Aaron Jones, you know, because they played so much man coverage under Patricia, you know, would line him up wide, get a linebacker on him, you know, game over. You know, they're running a sluggo. They're running a hitch and go. They're running different stuff, um, you know, to, to him. So, Yes, they'll use him on, on some rail routes, but they see his skill set more as like that true receiver lined up wide type of thing too. So there's different, you know, different running backs have different skill sets for catching the ball. And I think being able to identify what your guy can do and can do well and, and kind of fit that in. Um, you know, over the years, the 49ers, you know, with Kyle Shanahan have done that, but it's not, they don't so much focus on it and feature it as much as like LeFleur and the Packers had. What they do it more is more for coverage identification you know, hey, if, if we're going to get a, a one-on-one out here, we might throw him a hitch. We might do different things. We might run him on a now slant coming under some verticals. So if the linebackers carry, now we have him in space underneath. So there's there's different ways you can do it, you know, without necessarily, you know, using him as the number one option either too. So there's there's a lot of, like you said, it, it's, a, it's a philosophical thing. You have to you have to identify, okay, what can he do well? How can we fit this into our overall structure of our offense to be efficient? 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria and that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S., Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is the best offer you're going to find anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. 
The NBA is back in action and football is heading into the playoffs. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, championships, and futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BlueWire at betonline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Well, and the other thing is, too, that if you're only ever going to use one running back, ever, all the time. You don't have guys who have different skill sets who could do different things who are rotating into the game. And that's another part of building this team where the Vikings number three and number four wide receivers, they've got to be the slowest number three and number four wide receivers on the planet. Like these are not playmakers. These are kind of guys who, you know, might get seven yards a catch or something like they they're as fast as most backup tight ends. They just have no explosiveness and there's no backup running back with a a playmaking element or a scat back. People would remember, uh, maybe you're not old enough for this, but David Palmer was a guy that would line up in the slot. He'd line up in the backfield for the Vikings for a long time, um, and he would punt return. And there used to be those guys, and and I think that some teams still have them and use them really effectively. San Francisco used their three running backs last year um, with a great deal of effectiveness with kind of their different skill sets. And the Vikings just want to give the ball to Delvin Cook every play. And I think that that, that that eventually it wears him down one, but it also is like, you know, the things he's going to do and it never takes anyone by surprise. I think that's another part of it. Um, So let me ask you this before, before we wrap up. So you've studied the green Bay Packers closely. You've studied, you know, a number of other teams and offenses. Um, Who's the best, who is the best of the best of the best? Who's the most creative? And again, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you. Throw out Kansas City from everything. They can do the most ludicrous things. They can copy plays from 1942, and it'll work because it's Mahomes. So throw them out. Who do you think is the best of the best that Vikings fans should be looking at and saying, how can we be like them? And not only just from X's and O's, but from getting everything they can out of the skills of the players that they have. Um. Definitely a tough question. I got to go with San Francisco 49ers, though, um, and what Kyle Shanahan does there and, and the rest of the coaching staff, too. Um, what they do in the run game every week is, I mean, this year has been just as fun to watch, even though they haven't been winning and they haven't been moving the ball as much and scoring as much. But the run game this year, what they're doing with the different, the different, what I like to call escort motion. So, uh, and typically this is how they'll do it. They'll line up, imagine, okay, like a two-by-two set, so like receiver on each side tight, and then they've got Kittle on one side and use check on the other side, like one by one off the hip of the tackle, of each tackle. They'll motion use check full speed towards the other side. And what they do with that is they're, they're starting in a balanced set. So the defense can set their strength either way, right? And typically they'll set it to the tight end. But, um, but what the 49ers are doing is they're, they're, they're creating that fast motion to create basically an extra gap on the front side. And they'll get to their 21 personnel lead outside zone calls. Like a lot of the times out of that bill, what they'll do is they'll have Kittle and use check double team the end man on the line of scrimmage. Um, to the corner and have the wide receiver push crack the first, you know, safety, first safety in the box there. And they'll toss the ball to the edge. So it's basically, it's a way to run outside zone, but kind of force the ball to the edge because you're getting that double team on the end man. You're push cracking the first guy in the box. So it's, it's, it's just a really well designed way to get the ball to the edge of an outside zone. And, you know, the defense can't really force a cutback there because, you know, they're getting double teamed at the point of attack. So that's one example. 
And they do a lot of – lately, the last couple of weeks, they've been doing a great job of kind of countering that motion. It's like when defense is over bump, now they'll run inside zone and, like, slice Kittle back to block backside end. Well, now that backside linebacker, he's trying to fit over the top to, put, to help with that outside zone toss play. And now if he doesn't fall back into the backside C gap, that backside C cutback is wide open. And that's been the case the last few weeks. They've had some, some big run plays um, off that. So, um, And then in the past game, you know, Nick Mullins has struggled. He's struggled a ton, especially the last, you know, Cowboys game, uh, the Washington game. Um, so the, the dropback pass game hasn't been as fun to study, as interesting as years, you know, like last year with Jimmy Garoppolo. But they still they still try to do some stuff week to week to to create to create easy plays, easy completions in there. But this year it's definitely, especially with you know when Garoppolo's been out, they've really focused on the run game on early downs, and they typically the dropback stuff you won't see until third and medium, third and longs. Um, but even even so, they've they've been a fun team to study. They, you know, when you want to talk about process over results, they do it the right way. And even with all these guys hurt, you know, they're starting quarterback down, and Nick Mullins playing some pretty rough football. They've they've done a good job of of uh, attacking defenses week to week. It's just funny that the way you describe them playing with Nick Mullins is how the Vikings play with Kirk Cousins, and Kirk Cousins is as good as Jimmy Garoppolo, and yet they kind of you know limit him in in almost kind of say, Kirk, don't hurt us, like you would say with Nick Mullins, which is not what you usually pay for. Um, right. Was- you turn on you turn on the 2019 49ers offense, and, you know, with Garoppolo full season, and they, you know, first and 10, they're throwing it more. Second and medium, they're throwing it more. And, you know, they're using some of those choice concepts. They're, they're creating free releases. They're getting the ball out of Garoppolo's hands on the top of his drop with the drop back game. And obviously the play action stuff, too, that's always going to be there. But even the drop back stuff, you know, a full season with Garoppolo, you know, the you know, um, you know, within their pass game, they can they can get as creative as they are in run game as far as like creating efficient efficient concepts, efficient ways to get the ball out of his hands. They're they're one of the best teams to study for that. But obviously, like I said, the last couple months they haven't just because they haven't trusted their quarterback. Um, they not, I don't know if it's so much not trusting their quarterback, but it's just they they just haven't done it as much this year. But if you turn on the 2019 tape, like that's what that offense, you know, operating on all cylinders with a healthy quarterback who's you know probably close to the top half. In my opinion, Jimmy Garoppolo is probably you know probably a top half quarterback in the league. Yeah. Um, you know, when he's healthy and you know, that that's what that offense looks like. And like you, like you said earlier, they're one of, even in the past game, they're one of the most efficient offenses in football. So yeah, yeah they're, they're a fun team to study. Hopefully, hopefully they can get Garoppolo to stay healthy next year because it just makes falls a lot more enjoyable to study different offenses when, when he's healthy and they're that offense operating at, at all cylinders. Well, it's uh, yeah. I mean, and we didn't even get into the motion stuff, which the Vikings started to pick up kind of in the middle of the season. And then it dropped off again as we went along. Uh, maybe again, that was because they were playing from behind, but I think they also earned playing from behind from being inefficient at times. Um, so, you know, this is a thing that I don't know how much it changes for how Kubiak's going to want things run, how much Zimmer's going to want run. But I also think that Vikings fans are interested in the difference between some of the teams that are at the most modern and where their team is at. So Bobby Peters, I greatly appreciate you. If you want to learn more about all of this stuff, X's and O's, the 49ers 2019 Offensive Manual, go to Amazon, check it out. The 2017 Patriots Offensive Manual, you're going to be working on the Packers. If Vikings fans can stomach uh, reading something about how the Packers offense is good, maybe not. Um, so those other ones, probably. Um, but Bobby, you're, uh, you're the best, man. Glad to have you back on the show, and we will do it again, sir. Thanks for having me, Matthew.